Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the quiet neighborhood of Old Town, Pasadena, a lone agent searches for answers regarding his friend's disappearance in the Marshall Morris apartment building. Join agent Kevin Wilson, played by Tillman, and Adam as the handler, as the strange secrets of the Morris building are brought to light in Horde, a Delta Green scenario created by Victor Eichmann. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. There you can find up-to-date news and a link to our Discord. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So the plane lands at whatever airport and... Coach has arranged for you to get a rental car upon your arrival. It's it's like a newer model Kia SUV. It's not something you would pick for yourself, but it's like kind of, it is kind of like a nice it's a new model car and you're just like, okay. I mean, I guess it's pretty inconspicuous. Coach probably liked it. That's honestly probably the reason <laughs> Kevin thinks to himself. We'll also say Coach gave you an address for a UPS storage locker, and he gave you a key as well. And he just said you can get you can get some stuff from this locker. And you know that like with Coach, it typically means probably like guns or things of that nature. But he basically just assured you, oh yeah, like I I have a gun spot, or I have friends with a gun spot, and and you can use this this spot if you need to, but be careful. You don't want to get caught with any of those. Honestly, I think Kevin would be too afraid to go there right off the bat. Like he doesn't know this area. He doesn't know uh, how the cops behave around here. It it could be entirely possible that he walks up to an apartment building and they're like, oh, let's check out your bags. And oh, what's this? You got illegal firearms on you. And those are known to cause cancer in the state of California. And now you're going to jail. So that would suck. So Kevin leaves it where it is or actually i think he would check on the stuff discreetly like he he's trying to look around for like cameras in the area maybe he drives off with whatever it is to like a fast food joint or remote parking place opens up the bag and looks what is inside so maybe there's something that he he can actually carry around or whether it's just guns so you arrive at this storage locker facility And you find this locker just kind of buried away in a slew of other lockers. And it doesn't seem like this place has much activity. There's nobody there checking their their lockers or anything like that. You know, you read the number on the key, you find the locker, and you open up the, the sliding door. And it's kind of just this dusty, looks like an uncleaned garage, basically, just full of random stuff. And going through there, you see a police style riot shield just kind of leaning up against the the conc- the brick of the inside of this storage locker you kind of rifle through a little bit you find a small suitcase and you open it up it has a latex suit a leather fetish mask a ball gag and a dog leash uh, when you continue to kind of just go around and look at these random odds and ends, you see just basically like out in the open, $240 in $20 bills. 
you find this small chest and you open it up to find a few weapons. You see a kind of a worn looking shotgun. You see a piece of cloth and it's wrapped around an old and rusty 45 Colt pistol. And you can see there's four rounds left in the, in the magazine when you look at it. And also in this box, you see a LAPD evidence bag. And inside there's a mini Uzi with a empty magazine. You look to the side, you see this wall and there's a bunch of these like knives kind of like, it's like a pegboard kind of thing. And you can see like some of these knives are on display. And then there's also just this oversized Ziploc bag that just looks like it has like cheap pocket knives inside of it, but like a lot, like maybe like 300 knives probably. And they're all just these random pocket knives. You find a box of disposable hypodermic syringes. You know that these are the type of syringes used for insulin. You see there's a bunch of plastic sheets in here. They kind of look like they've been used. There's dried blood on them, and they look very dirty and dusty as well. And that's about everything you see inside this storage locker. Yeah, I'm imagining Kevin is like in there with his t-shirt covering his nose and mouth so he doesn't have to breathe in all the nasty, grimy dust. And he's just getting a bit frustrated. I mean, he, he picks up the money for sure. The guns are all fucking useless. It's, it's all garbage. I think he would grab like a knife or two that looks like it could be, you know, just like a random pocket knife of sorts. Something that you can keep around when you say, oh, I'm going hiking. I don't know. I'm just a tourist. I thought this was okay. Yeah. I mean, there's literally plenty to choose from. Like whatever knife you decide, it's in that bag. He doesn't bother with the sheets. He doesn't bother with the uh, fetish gear. And he just leaves the rusty guns where they are. Also the riot shield. I mean, neat concept, but how to draw attention fast is it's not really his thing. So you're getting the impression this is a locker of a bunch of junk. This is like all maybe evidence that people maybe didn't want to get like found, but there's not much of use in here. Like you said, Except for maybe the shotgun, which looks pretty old. All the guns are kind of out of commission. There's the the Uzi, the evidence Uzi with no ammunition. There's like the old rusted out pistol with with bullets missing that's you know wrapped in the cloth, but there's no like And I mean no- to Kevin, the, the shotgun is a mystery. What if it misfires and then he's dead or his be, hand is gone? It would be a gamble either way. Yeah. You know that it would be a gamble either way. So you're kind the, of like... The, uh, yeah. the pistol for sure looks like something that rips his hand off. And yeah, the, the Uzi is just useless. And if he gets caught with that, oh God, he's in jail for like 15 years. Probably get tied to whatever murder it was previously used on as well. Yeah, so Kevin wraps up. He grabs the money, but he's thinking to himself, like, what if this is like, what if these codes on the bills are known? What if this is like counterfeit? or stolen or whatever. So he's unsure whether he actually wants to use it. He grabs it for now because it doesn't draw attention. He grabs the two knives, but then he just closes the thing up again and and leaves. So you have the address to the Marshall Morris building. 
And it's about a 30 minute drive from this storage locker facility. Right now, it's about 2 p.m. It's very sunny out. It's hotter here than it was back home. Yeah, I think Kevin is pretty exhausted from the flight. He's kind of frustrated with coach because he's given him a key to, an, to a locker with basically nothing of use in it. He's not sure what to do. He needs to grab something to drink at least and maybe like a bite to eat. He's also thinking maybe just crash at the at the hotel for now or whatever, or at least check in and leave stuff there. And coaches set you up at a Marriott Inn that is somewhat close to the Marshall Morris building, maybe a 10-minute drive away, and he's already booked a room for you. So you you feel like it might be like a prudent idea to to go check in and stuff or maybe like stop and get a bite to eat or just do whatever to get settled into to this area i'm texting coach by the way you know just arrived in pasadena checking in now weather is brutal we'll let you know about any updates uh also your locker is dirty and full of junk or <laughs> something like that no details but you know just you see the three dots, like he's going to type something back and then it goes away. And then you see it again and it goes away. And then you see it again for a long time. And then it kind of just goes away and he doesn't respond. I'd send him a rolling eyes emoji. <laughs> but yeah, I think Kevin for now would be like hanging out in his hotel room with some iced tea or whatever. And I don't know, sandwiches, whatever he could grab for now. That was quick and easy. So you're in this hotel room. It's somewhat of a cheap hotel room, but for whatever reason, there's double beds. Just maybe an oversight on coach's part, or maybe he had like a group on or something like that. But you have your stuff sprawled out on this extra bed and you're sitting on the open bed and just kind of like eating a sandwich and going over things. And you you feel like comfortable in this room, like you're able to draw the shades and just like and be like safe here and stuff like that plan how i proceed because right now i think kevin would be kind of overwhelmed a little bit this is not a place he knows he doesn't know how the people here tick and he's not sure how to approach the whole thing with the apartment complex he probably got the feeling like this area with all the ritzy places they usually have like private security walking around if they have problems or have had problems in the past. So that's that's dangerous. And he if he like sticks out in the wrong neighborhood as yeah, someone who doesn't belong that that just draws attention. And what would a tourist do in like a an area where people are just, you know, random people are just having housing. It's not it's not really all that interesting. Right, that's true. And coach didn't really give you much of a cover or anything to use or much of a excuse to check the place out. It's, it's difficult because you, I mean, you are a law enforcement, a member of law enforcement, you do have those credentials, but it's like using them in a plausible way is like difficult in this situation because you're a crime scene analyst from Connecticut and using that to just poke around is it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a tricky thing. It's kind of a stretch. So you're kind of like wondering what's the best way to go about this. Coach had always always suggests to just try to lie your way into situations and lie your way out of trouble. It's 
basically his number one. It's basically his motto when it comes to tradecraft. All you got to be able to do is lie your way into any mess you want and then just be good enough to lie your way out of it when things get too hot. So in coach's mind, he's like, I'm sure you'll figure something out, but it's really not as easy as it seems. Yeah, coach has these overconfident moods sometimes, Kevin has noticed. So every now and then, Kevin just rolls his eyes at him. And right now he's getting a little frustrated, but I'm thinking he's probably not sitting on the bed anymore. He's just pacing back and forth, trying to think of something that he could say or do, but he doesn't really know who he's going to encounter. What were the people living there again? There was the the maybe wife or maybe just girlfriend of the painter who has, uh, or artist that has died. Yeah, so there is the girlfriend slash civil union, you know, like gray area partner of the man, the artist who's gone missing. Uh, Another apartment is this CEO and his young wife and their three children that he has, all from a previous marriage. The next floor, and so it's like uh, each floor is a different apartment. Like each apartment is, is one complete floor. The next floor is two elderly women. They live together. One of them is a widow as of two years ago, and another elderly woman moved in, and they're like best friends. And then the top apartment is the woman who is currently in jail for attacking her psychiatrist. Uh, So that's presumably just an empty apartment because it's actually for lease again. All right. That's interesting because that means I can maybe look at it. I just need to come off as a ritzy, rich businessman. I want to look at the place on my phone on like Street View so I can get a feeling of how the security looks like if they have uh, a fence around it and all that jazz or I don't know, something along those lines. Just want to check out how it's connected to the streets and how the neighborhood looks like. So when you check out the street view, there's no fence or anything around the building at all. It kind of blends in with the other buildings around it. It was previously a textile mill in like the turn of the century. It was damaged by an earthquake in the 90s. So there's some like structural damage to it. It's not, there's basically like this crack, like that kind of offsets the entire building. And it's a little bit noticeable. It gives it this imperfect look uh, on what would otherwise be this kind of like beautiful luxury building. The street view shows you the windows for each floor and they're kind of like these larger windows. Uh, you can't really make anything out based on that, but on the third floor, the one second closest to the top, you can see from the windows that there's just these just piles and piles and piles of like belongings, like just just completely full apartment. That was the one with the old uh, women, right? Okay, yeah. Yes. They just collected a bunch of stuff. You can see inside of this glass front door as well. And there's no reception desk or anything like that. You can see that it just opens into this, opens into this area that has these 
you can see this lush red carpet on the ground. And then there's uh, mailboxes and an elevator directly ahead. But you don't really see like an office or like a desk or anything like that. So you're thinking maybe there's no, you know, maybe there isn't like a doorman or anything like that. Because there is only four residents of this of this building. But it is kind of luxury as well. So maybe that's something that they would have. It looks pretty... It doesn't look too secure, though. Well, that's a start. I think Kevin would like download all the information on leasing the the free apartment, so he has like names ready and photos. If someone is going to ask him, he can like show all that and appear to be like someone in the market. It probably won't hold up, but maybe in fact, if he plays it stupid, they will just play along with it and let him have his look and then walk off with broken dreams because he could never afford it. So that's his plan for now. And even though he hasn't noticed his phone like vibrating, he opens up the messenger again and checks if coach has ever answered him. You see, coach has answered, sorry, sad face emoji. I can get you gun emoji if you still want. Let me know. Do you have an idea yet? And it's like, you can see that it's all kind of like poorly written out. Like he barely knows how to, how to get a message across on this thing. So I probably see like water pistol emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll be fine. And I'm sending the picture of like the, uh, the advert for the free apartment uh, put down. I'm in the market for this one. He writes back, great exclamation, exclamation. And then he writes, how are you going to talk to the people? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I put down, I asked them about the neighborhood and the state of the house. And I sent him another picture that shows like the earthquake damage. He writes back to you. Do you want a fake badge and a real gun? And real is all in caps. Or like He makes it a point to put real in all caps. I put down, not yet. I don't want to escalate things too soon. He texts back, thumbs up. Yeah, Kevin is unsure about this thing. He likes this, uh, the story that he just came up with. He's someone who came here looking for like the place. He's not from the area. That all checks out. He, he can get by with not knowing what's going on. He just has these pictures on the phone and he's going around the neighborhood, ringing up all the people in the house. Hey, you've got this damage here. Um, I didn't see that on the advert. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Maybe how's the neighborhood? Is it quiet? Yeah, it's a pretty, that's actually a pretty solid, uh, solid plan. You know that coach is always just the type to, he has zero cool. So he's just always the type to suggest that maybe guns, like guns are, Guns are always the answer. I never go someplace without a gun. Yeah, yeah but it, it, it attracts attention, attention so fast. Like, what if the old ladies, like, call up the police and then ask about the investigation that just happened? And the police is like, what investigation? Right, exactly, exactly. So Kevin sticks to his plan. And I think once he has things, like, together, he would, like, look at his watch. It's probably, like, late afternoon, early evening, maybe. So that seems like a good time to just show up there. Yeah, so you show up to the Marshall Morris building. 
There's plenty of street parking. It's not in a particularly busy neighborhood. It seems kind of, um, it's not like out in the middle of nowhere, but it's not like a, a dense urban environment or anything like that. You kind of just pull up, you park along along the street and there's several other cars there. And you assume that these are the parking spaces for the tenants of this building. Yeah, he doesn't want to occupy one of the parking spaces for the tenants or maybe actually one of them would be free so yeah he just picks whatever parking spot he's not too concerned about drawing attention to himself right now because he has this cover story so looking at the building everything looks pretty still from where you are in the car right now you can't really see any action at all i mean you can you're close enough to see through this glass door for the opening of this building this ground floor which has the mail and the elevator and these lush red carpets and you don't see anybody in there it looks somewhat dim inside of there as well as you look in from the outside i think uh keep my phone in one of my hands at all times i have the pictures of the of the advert on there always so i can switch there easily but If I see anything that grabs my attention, I'm going to try to take a picture, not in a way that would draw too much attention, you know, just like snap, snap, go on. Do I see anything in like the, around the house? You said the parking spots were mostly empty. I can't see much through the windows. Is there anything in the yard area or going on at the front door? You don't notice uh, anything. It's, there's like no activity here. There's a couple of the resident parking spots do seem to have uh, cars in them. But even from the outside of the building, you don't hear like anything from the inside. It's, it's kind of seems like a kind of like a quiet neighborhood. You really like don't feel like you feel the, the sense of, of being unobserved. So you like are able to just kind of look around at whatever you want and you see that This building does have like a, a small grass area and it looks pretty well kept, but there's not really much out here. Yeah. So in that case, I just go to the front door. Does it have like doorbells with name tags? So you don't see that on the outside and trying the door, it's not locked or, or protected or anything. And you see that there are several buzzers in this ground floor room with the red carpets by where the mailboxes are and you just see there's like four mailboxes and then there's these buzzers kind of close to where the elevator is and each one just has a resident's name on it is there any mail in in the mailbox for the woman that is currently in jail so you can see there looks like there's a little bit of mail in each one Maybe just like a few letters sticking out. The oh. mailbox for the third floor, the one labeled Rubenstein slash Silverman, looks very full. Looks like maybe hasn't been checked in a while. The other ones look like they probably just have today's mail. Okay, interesting. Because um, Kevin's thinking was, yeah, maybe she, she would get a lot of advertisements still that uh, no one checks up on because she's well in jail but yeah the one uh the full mailbox for the old couple or the old women that seems out of the ordinary but yeah he just looks around a bit more 
This ground floor seems pretty quiet. Now that you're inside of the building, you can faintly hear the sound of a TV playing upstairs, but it's still remarkably quiet in here. And you see this big, big crack that kind of goes across the the floor of the building, almost dividing it in some ways. It's like that causes this crack along the walls and it's kind of just like this ugly you know structural problem i guess that is tarnishing this this place that would be seemingly perfect yeah it's got this old construction really well isolated held up pretty well for a really long time but yeah now it it took some damage but it happens you see that there is a door that leads to a staircase, which uh, is presumably just stair access to each of the floors, as well as kind of like an ornate, almost like an antique elevator that's inside there. I think Kevin would take the elevator to check out the empty apartment at the very top first. So you ride the elevator up. It doesn't take particularly long because it's uh, only a four-story building. So you get to this top floor, so the elevator door opens, and you find yourself in kind of this, it's like a outside hallway area, but only for this floor. So you see the door to the apartment, and then you see this this like clearing in front of it that has this the same uh, lush red carpet outside of it, and you just see this this door. It's shut, and you don't see any light on the other side of it is probably locked right if you try it you notice that it is locked yeah so that's no good kevin is a little unsure about who to approach i think he would now take the stairs down to go downstairs again and he's listening for that faint tv noise and trying to find out which apartment has the tv noise going on so you start walking down this staircase and you're finding that the the slight hum of the TV is coming uh, closer to the bottom floor. And eventually when you get to the first floor, the one directly above this ground floor, you can hear that the TV is playing inside and you can smell cigarette smoke from the outside of the, of the door as well. There's one set of shoes on the outside of, in this plain welcome mat that's kind of made out of that, highly textured material so you can like really brush your shoes off before you go in who was living on this floor again this is the apartment that the missing artist resided at as well as his girlfriend what do the shoes look like they appear to be women's sneakers uh they look pretty beat up just Pretty run-of-the-mill New Balance or Nike sneakers, uh, like white with some purple design on them and kind of covered in dirt and grass stains. This hallway area looks a little bit darker than the um, areas you just passed on the staircase. Like maybe one of the bulbs in the light is out up top. Uh, Not all of them, uh, maybe just like one, making it appear quite a bit more dim than the other almost identical areas that you just passed and you can see the light shining through the door crack of this uh tv playing in what you think is probably a dark room and you can hear it 
pretty audibly now from the other side of the door. Can I get a feel for like what kind of show it is? Right now, all you can hear is like a very loud advertisement. All right, yeah. For a call 1-800 type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll try to ring the doorbell and put on my, hey, I'm the guy looking into the new apartment uh, face. About 30 seconds passes and a woman answers the door. She appears to be in maybe her late 30s or early 40s, probably early 40s. She's a blonde woman, average build. She has kind of shorter, like shoulder length hair that's very straight. And she has freckles on her face and brown eyes. She's wearing this tank top shirt that has a, like a cartoon of a fish on it. And she's wearing these pajama pants. And she's looking at you somewhat confused. She, it's So like, keep in mind, it's like middle of the day, right? It's like middle of the day. And she has these like dark circles under her eyes. She looks very tired very kind of like hazy and worn out and she's wearing these like pajamas basically like you you view them as as like pajamas essentially and uh as soon as the door opens you can see that she's in this dark apartment save for the light of the tv that's like the only light source that you can see in this room and it kind of like shines on her face and it, it creates this like almost like silhouette uh against her face as she like opens the door to talk to you Hello? Yes, hello. Um, sorry, uh, my name is uh, Kevin. I'm looking into the free apartment on the very top floor. Uh, I just arrived here, actually, uh, by plane, in fact, and things are going a bit weird. I was supposed to meet a guy named Graham, but he went all quiet on me. No idea where he is. Now I can't get into the, the apartment, and I came all here for nothing it seems from connecticut do you know who i could contact maybe uh um yeah uh maybe yeah yeah here uh yeah so you're you're interested in in the apartment that that's cool uh nobody's really lived there for a while hey wanna wanna come in for a second i can try to get that number for you uh yes yes of course you see her kind of light up when you when she finds out, you know, what you're, what you're there for. Yeah. So Connecticut, you said that's, that's, how'd you, how did you hear about this place? Oh, I'm sorry. Don't mind the mess. You see the apartment is somewhat in a state of disarray. As you enter, you can see artwork all over this, this apartment. And it's this really nice apartment on the inside, very loft style, very open space. Uh, but there's just a lot of like, it just looks somewhat neglected. Like there's just like a bunch of um, random trash around, just kind of like dishes in the sink, like laundry and stuff. And it's very dark in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, Connecticut. Um, I always go back and forth for work-related things, but honestly, I've been looking into settling down in like the California area for a while. It's always been my dream. And this house, man, it's, it just struck me. It's a shame about the the structural damage, but still, it's it's just a beauty. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's you're right. It's it really is a great place, and you see her. She's trying to like tidy up. It's like she's just becoming aware of the fact that like, oh no, look at look at the state that my house is in. It's just so unpresentable. 
And here I am with uh, this new guest. I'll try to like pay it no mind. I, I pick one of the art pieces that that looks like it's not just a sketch, like something that appears to be finished. I hold it up. This is this really good work. Is this yours? And you see her, she's shuffling around to clean stuff up. As you're admiring this painting that's up on the wall, or it's not a it's not like a, a painting, it's a large poster and it seems to be this very artistic kind of uh, design poster that is for this campaign against child abuse but like the the imagery of it is like very like abstract and it's like very artistic and she she notices you like looking at it and admiring it and when you say that she's like oh yeah you know that's one of my favorites uh, my my boyfriend uh, Patrick, he made that. He was he was an amazing artist. Um, oh, look at me saying was like it's like it's already too late for him. Something not well with you? He's uh, hey, uh, you thirsty or anything? Do you want to here have a seat? And she's like she she flips like a lamp on and it provides some light into the room. And she's kind of like clearing off a space on the couch for you. And you can see she's like. She's she's lonely. You can just read this. Like she's she's lonely and she just is like excited for somebody to talk to. Can I get you tea, coffee, a a beer, water? Oh, I just dropped out of the plane. I'm fully jet lagged still. Coffee sounds excellent. Yeah, yeah, I'll put some on. I'll put some on. I and, think uh, you could use one too. She makes coffee for you guys and like while she's yeah, you hear her kind of shuffling around the kitchen, uh, putting a pot of coffee on, trying to kind of like quickly tidy up a a bit. Uh, She's not like, she's not frantic by any means, but you just see her kind of just trying to shuffle some things out of the way. And then once she puts the pot of coffee on, she goes and she sits next to you down on the couch and she grabs this uh, crystal ashtray and puts it in her lap. And she takes this pack of uh, long cigarettes, Virginia Slims, and she takes one out and lights it. And she she has this very vacant expression, very sad. Can we say that I have like a small baggie of airport cookies with me or whatever? And I just put them on the on the coffee table that we're at, not saying much, just dr- grabbing one of them. Yeah, so everybody that lives in the building is, uh, you know, basically lived here as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, it's it's a good place. It's not a bad place to live. I, I lived here before the quake and before the the damage, and you know, I can really tell you it hasn't it hasn't changed much other than being a little bit of an eyesore. But you know, I always I always loved being here. You know, me and Patrick really really made a home out of this place. Uh, yeah. You know, he did all of these and she's like pointing to various art around the, around the apartment, you know, Patrick's style. It was, it was unlike anything anybody else has done, you know, in, in the nineties, he, he combined the, the style of the jazz age with heroin chic and, you know, the type of stuff he was doing. It's just, I mean, you can see it for yourself. It's, it's amazing. I have, I have more I could show you too. You know, I have so much of it. It's it's really it's really all I have left of him, besides the the memories. 
that we have from this place. And like, you can see this like TV is playing in the background, but she's put it on mute. And you can just see like this kind of like ridiculous television program in the background as she's kind of like pouring her heart out about this like pain, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, uh, I think Kevin would like try to not intrude too much. He's sitting there. He's he's engaging in the conversation. He's not staring at her because she she feels uncomfortable about her state. He looks at paintings now and then. If she hands him something, he'll hold it and uh, look at it and tell her how how beautiful it is. So your your friend Patrick, he's he's the same Patrick from the the missing person advert, right? And she looks at you with a somewhat grave expression, and then she nods. Yeah, it's been about ten months now. Not I can't even keep track anymore. It's all just kind of blurred together since he left. And it's just so sudden too. You know, I just remember we were in bed together and I had this dream that the apartment building opened up, opened up along that big crack, just like it was a dollhouse or something, you know, and this big hand came down and it just grabbed Patrick and took him out and he didn't even mind. I woke up and he was gone. And I haven't seen him since. And I feel like a part of me is gone. I'm sorry. You must think I'm insane. We just met and here I am. Look, this is a great place to live. If you get that apartment, you're not going to regret living here. We're, we're all good neighbors. Uh, we got two old ladies. We got a you know nice couple and their kids. You know, don't, don't let what happened uh, turn you away. It's, it's, still, it's still a great place. Look, will you excuse me for just a sec? I, I got to run to the bathroom. And yeah. she she disappears into the bathroom for about five minutes. Uh, like one minute passes and, and you can hear her in there. You know, it sounds like she's messing with the medicine cabinet. You hear like water running, you hear a toilet flush. And she comes back out five minutes later. Uh, are you going to just like stay seated the, the time she's gone? Or I think Kevin's mind is racing. He's listening for her at least after a while. But at, at first he was like, okay, okay, this Patrick guy, he actually disappeared at the same time Tim was here or maybe just shortly before that. So that must be important. And he like, tries to collect all the information he has on this Patrick guy in his head and rethink everything before he has to focus on his role here again. Because when he's talking to her, I don't think he can he can like focus. He has to keep up his facade of like being that that weird guy who just came here to buy the apartment or to rent it. And this woman just seems like just so hungry to just talk to the first human soul she sees. Like it's just, you get the impression that maybe she hasn't been visited for a while. Maybe she hasn't had anybody to talk to. And you're looking around this apartment and you see all of this artwork. Like she has so much of Patrick's artwork. And there's a lot of these photographs, mainly of dolls, photographs of Edwardian antiquities, these photos of lighted mirrors from the 1920s, a lot of which feature a dancer applying her makeup. And you really do get this sense of like his specific style, like just looking all around. Like you can clearly tell this was, this was all the work of one artist. And she really has kept it like a, like a monument to him. She comes out of the bathroom and sits back down next to you and uh, lights up another one of the long cigarettes. 
and she she looks at you it, it like looks like right into your eyes and she's like so i'm sorry what else did you come here to talk about can you give me like a human troll 35 under 50 so you can tell right away that while she was gone she just took some type of intoxicant she's like either high or maybe drunk you know that like she's just clearly like more sedated more incoherent looking than she was before she went to the bathroom and she looks like kind of lost like she's trying to piece it all together and you start to gauge from her appearance that like maybe she has a drug problem or a drinking problem or something like that it's kind of lines up with her behavior as well and like the type of situation like you're talking to her in right now she's sitting close to you your knees are almost touching like like the way that you sit with somebody when you're just talking about something that's like very personal and very important yeah kevin is getting a bit conflicted and uncomfortable now he he kind of feels like he needs to move on but he doesn't know where to exactly he's also not sure how because this woman needs some sort of help right now but he's not sure if he can just you know call call someone hey uh let me get that number for you that that's that's what you wanted and she goes into the kitchenette area of the apartment and she's kind of like digging around in drawers and she comes back with some type of paperwork for, you know, you're not even really sure that she, she grabbed you like the right thing, but she thinks this is the, this is what you need, of course. And she's like, oh, and you should take one of these too. This is a, this is a pamphlet that Patrick made uh, right before his last gallery. And that gallery showing was one of the best ones he ever did. I swear. It gave everybody that went through their chills. It was really amazing. And she gives you, it's like this black pamphlet. And she has like a, she pulls it from this stack where she has, you know, maybe like a whole bunch of these extra pamphlets from this, this art showing. And you look at it and it's, it's like a pretty nicely printed little brochure, like eight fold brochure that has like some different work on each page. And the front of it has the, image from that child abuse campaign poster and you just notice like in the background it has this doll painted in like the bottom corner it's like a head of like a doll and you think it's kind of odd it doesn't really like fit but you notice it because that was the painting that you originally admired as well and it's kind of just like this bust you notice in the in one of the corners Hey, I really hope you I really hope you you come live here. It'd be cool to have a new neighbor, you know. Um yeah, like uh if you if you ever needed anything, you could just you know, you could just call me and you know, I'm always here and I'd be able to help you with anything you needed if you needed to borrow something or and she's just like trailing off and you can just kind of see her eyes just becoming heavier and heavier. She looks more and more sedated. If you needed a cup of sugar, you could come down here. If you needed a, a friend, if you just needed somebody to talk to, you know, I, but anyways, yeah, like I said, it's, it's really, it's really not a bad building. It's really not a bad place to live. I'm wondering whether Kevin can like take one of her notebooks and put down a number and like say, yeah. And if you, 
if you ever need to reach out, you just you just call. And he's not going to put his own number, but like, you know, suicide prevention or like. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Give her a number to like a professional. He probably has line. that number memorized because of his job. There are yeah. always people in grief around at crime scenes. So. No, I would say definitely. Uh, that yeah. actually makes sense. So he feels kind of bad leaving her here. He doesn't want to get her in trouble for like drug possession. I mean, it goes against his work ethic maybe, but you know, he's not like, he's not a saint or, or something like that. So, you know, she has issues. She, she should deal with it, but he's not going to make the judgment call here. And as long as she like briefs normally, he's going to like make his excuses and leave. And she seems to not want to let you go, but eventually she'll kind of accept that you're not really, she'll accept that you have, you have things you need to do and, and she'll let you go. And as you kind of leave, you kind of just see her like holding on to the door, just like watching you and she waves you off. She'll, she'll actually even suggest that you talk to some of the other neighbors. She wants you to like really consider this place. Which one of the neighbors does she suggest? Like, does she name one of them specifically? The old people or the CEO people? Yeah, the two old ladies. They're they're so sweet. You know, they are a bit of a, a bit of hoarders, but you can't really help them. I know they have some of some of Patrick's art probably buried in that trash heap they have. But nicest ladies you'd ever meet. You know, you should. Uh, yeah, you should talk to them. They're uh, they're really great. Do you think they're in right now? She laughs at that thought. Yeah, they don't go anywhere. They hardly even check their mail. They're yeah, just... okay. Yeah, I saw that. All right, I go over then and talk to them a little bit. Thank you for all your help. No problem. And Kevin, was it? I really hope you do consider this place. It looks great. So you exit the first floor apartment and you go to make your way up the stairs again and like as you pass the apartment that's in between patrick and his wife and the old ladies you could hear like the sound of kids playing like loudly as you cross that part of the staircase and you maybe like smell some cooking coming from inside of that apartment uh and you continue to make your way up and you get to the third floor apartment miriam and gertrude and you can hear a loud TV coming from there, a game show. The Price is Right. And it's almost reverberating off of the, the walls of this outside hallway area. And you can see theirs is like a little bit more decorated. They have a, a kind of a, a more cheeky welcome mat that has an image of a cat on it. And there's multiple things hanging on the doors just like little knickknacks just little stuff they've acquired and you can see there's several pairs of shoes outside boots shoes all manner of things their outside of their apartment is kind of cluttered so yeah just ring the doorbell it takes about a minute and you hear somebody coming to the door and you can hear like objects being moved and just like things being moved out of the way and a heavy set older woman answers the door. She's she stands maybe like five feet tall, and she's a, a round older woman with gray hair tied up into a, a bun, like a just like a looks like a ball on the back of her head. And she's wearing this 
green knit sweater and this floral dress underneath. And she has these like very thick glasses. Hello. Hello. I'm Kevin Wilson. I'm looking into renting the free apartment on the very top floor. The first floor tenant directed me your way. Um, I was wondering if you could answer me some questions. And it you like it takes you a while. Like you have to repeat that like a few times for her because she's hard of hearing. But she seems very friendly, and she she wants to hear what you have to say. And you know she just you repeat it enough times, and she's oh okay, and she she brings you inside. And uh, as she's bringing you inside. You hear her, she's she's calling out, Miriam, Miriam, it's a boy here, Kevin. And you just hear a, another woman, my grandson's name is Kevin. Is that my grandson? No, it's not your grandson. And the second you step foot into this apartment, it is the worst hoarder apartment that you've ever seen in your entire life, even on TV shows. There is stuff everywhere is it just you know stuff or is it like really dirty as well it's both it's a collection it's a hoarder's collection uh you see you see like dish rags jigsaw puzzles uh ziploc bags of sequins you see cookbooks stacked high boxes of pencils you see a car battery you see a stack of betamax tapes you see countless stacks of newspapers documents trash it's just everywhere. It's just, they have to clear a path to even be able to walk through this. And you see that there's this little cleared out area where they have this couch positioned in front of a small TV with bunny ears antenna. And it's a very old fat TV. And you can see this very grainy, you know, hardly coming in Price is Right program uh, that's playing very loud still. And the woman is trying to bring you over to the couch to to give you a, a place to sit down. And you just can't help but just take in the just crazy amounts of stuff that's in here. So I was wondering, what can you tell me about the structural damage that happened to the building? I'm trying to like make every syllable count. And, and you see like she hears what you have to say and she just she just nods her head and just And you're confident she heard you. It's just maybe she thought you said something else. And you see uh, the other woman just, he asked you about the structural damage. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The earthquake happened. 1996, I believe it was. Cut a hole right through the whole building. Cut a line right through. Put a crack right up and down the wall. Yeah, yeah. But it has been safe ever since, right? And she's just looking at you and the other woman. He asked you if it's been safe. Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah. I lived here with my husband for 30 years. And he passed away two years ago. And that's when I invited Miriam to come live with me. And we look after each other. And she's a collector like I am. And Miriam is just nodding next to her. Miriam is a smaller, more mousy looking lady. And she's wearing this very little cardigan. Uh, and it's this red uh, maroon color. And she has this pearl necklace with kind of like a gem, like a, a ruby or something as like the, the pendant. And she has her hair fashioned in a similar style to 
Gertrude, except it's, um, you know, it's like thinning quite a bit. I'm very sorry for your loss. How did your husband, how did your husband pass? Kevin is like thinking about what if there's like a pattern about how all the people here like connect. He had a bad ticker, my husband. Good man, hardworking man. You can see this room is just full, almost almost things piled to the ceilings. And this place has high ceilings because this is like a warehouse building. And this is like an open space kind of design. And it's almost like they've made these little na navigable like openings, like passages from the kitchen uh, to each of their bedrooms into the couch. And other than that, it's like everything is just filled in with just junk. Yeah, Kevin is probably just thinking, okay, this is basically a death trap. If anything ever falls and these two fall and are buried beneath all this stuff, they're basically done for. Probably takes an extraction team to even get to them. I think the conversation is kind of frustrating to him too because he's not getting much from them. You get the impression that They're nice people, but they're barely there. So you could ask them, you could talk to them about stuff, but it's, they might have dementia or, or something like that because they're just not, they're not fully there and they're, they're nice people and stuff. And, but they're just kind of, you know. Yeah. They probably give me answers, but it's not really fitting to the question. You know, it's just something that occurred to them at the time. Like Gertrude will go on about, the the heater having broken uh during the the time of the earthquake or something and you know it, it's like just like this ridiculous story that's just kind of like really has no point about just like you know like the man was going to look at it and then he you know said he'd be here and he said he wouldn't look at it because of this the all the stuff and like it just kind of seems pointless it's like it just occurred to her so she just like like you said she just It's just telling you and you're just like, you don't really feel like you're getting anywhere with them. And you're just like, okay, you know, before long, they won't ask you to leave, but they'll kind of just be this, this moment where like, you just notice them just kind of like forgetting about you being there. Yeah, probably a new show starts or something and suddenly I'm not important anymore. Right, exactly. And it's not yeah. like they forget about you. It's just like, It's just like the novelty's worn off and now you're just like, you're just like... Yeah, the, the attention is, has become really short. So yeah, Kevin will try to maneuver out of there safely. So as you leave, um, Gertrude is just, well, thank you for your company. So so if I understand you live here now, you live Maybe. upstairs? Not yet. I need to see if I can afford it. And you get the impression she just totally misunderstood. Probably Kevin doesn't mind anymore. He just he just says a greeting and then then leaves, probably. So you probably think to check out the last apartment because you you did hear like the activity and and the children and stuff. That's kind of like the basically the only other like people you can talk to here are in that apartment. And you don't really feel closer to having having you know turned over any new leads so yeah kevin is a bit frustrated he has gotten like a pamphlet yeah he, he has gotten this story about the the dream that this lady had in the first floor which was kind of distressing to him because he he's gotten like a feel for these supernatural things so that's 
so it's bad. But right now, yeah, he's trying to profile everyone in the building. Obviously, he can't just exactly go to see the woman in jail that would look extremely out of place if someone from Connecticut would just say, hey, I want to meet this woman who assaulted someone. Uh, and no, I'm not going to tell, to tell you why. So yeah, he's he's going to check out the last apartment with the the family in there. So you ring the doorbell and this woman answers. She seems to be in her mid to late 20s. She's exercising to a, a program playing on the big screen, uh, flat screen TV that you can see from the from the doorway. She's wearing like a exercise clothes, like a spandex outfit. She has this uh, longer, dark hair. Um, she's very like physically fit. She's very conventionally attractive. And she just answers the door. And she's like, she's giving you this kind of like confused look. She's like, hello, can I help you? Hello, uh, Wilson. I'm in the market for the free apartment in the very top floor. I was supposed to meet someone uh, to let me go in there, but they didn't show. And now I'm kind of at a loss here. I really don't want to like intrude. Do you maybe know who I could talk to? The whole while you're talking to her, you see her, she's still jogging in place and she has these um, really lightweight weights that are like these uh, bright neon orange color. And she's like doing these like punching motions in the air. And she's kind of like gasping a little bit. Like as you talk to her, she's like not breaking her routine at all. And she's like, yeah, so what do you want me to do? I was just wondering, do you have a phone number for someone who can get me access maybe? She's like looking at you thinking for a while. Yeah, come in. And like, she's like continuing to exercise the whole time that you're in there. And like, she's kind of like jogging in place. She goes to like fish around for a phone number. Just chill out here. I'm going to go check in the bedroom. And you can hear these kids uh, playing down in like the, the bedroom of this apartment you hear three voices and it just sounds like this very enthusiastic very animated you know like high energy just like kids like playing with toys things being crashed around and stuff and you feel kind of drawn to look into the room even though you even though you feel how wrong that kind of is like you can't just go into somebody's house and just like peek into their kids room but like something in there is like interesting to you like you want to like see what's going on and you also remember what coach had told you about these kids yeah definitely kevin is like casually walking along like the you said these were loft style so i'm thinking it's like a really long main main hall in a way he's just casually walking along there trying to portray as as if he were looking at the furniture and like the program that she has on TV doing her exercise with. And then when one of the kids like yells out, like he turns because, hey, maybe that's interesting and just like looks for the open door. When you peek through the door, you see these three children. And like Coach said, they do have these horns, I guess you would call it, It's more so these little bumps, these little protrusions. They're about a half inch and they're still covered by skin. They don't look like horns in the literal sense, but it does 
appear odd. Like you can't help but stare, but you notice that they're playing. They have this, this head. It's like a bust. It's a hair and makeup doll. And it's in the center of the room. And they have uh, other little dolls and action figures that they're arranging around this little bust. No, it's, it's my turn to, to stand next to the queen. And you see, they're like, they're referring to this, this head as the queen and they're positioning the dolls around it. And they're trying to recreate this like ballroom scene. And they seem very invested in this. You see that the head is, it's this modern hair and makeup doll. It's got a piece of gum sticking in the, in the hair, but it has this bright uh, yellow blonde hair. And you start to remember the, the painting that Patrick had done and the head in the background. And you get this weird chill as you see them. You're not sure if this is what he drew, if this is, but it's, it's just like a weird like coincidence that gives you this chill as you notice it. And the woman comes out of the room. What do you, I have the number. She seems kind of like concerned that you might like may have trailed off, but she's not like alarmed by it or anything. Oh yeah. Excellent. Uh, thank you. He like paced the whole thing. No mind really. Yeah. Was there anything else I can help you with? Uh, I don't think so. I really don't want to like bother you any longer. I just needed someone to contact. Um, seems like my guy just disappeared from the face of the earth, you know, swallowed by the ground or something. Ha <laughs> ha. So she kind of like dismisses you out. I was gonna text coach again. I want to send him like a photograph of the head on the pamphlet and tell him uh, this is the queen. The artist has a lot of depictions of dolls and dancers and so on. This is kind of a centerpiece. The kids with the horns, parentheses, real exclamation mark, play with this head recreating the scenes and the lone uh, girlfriend dash wife in the first floor has dreamt about her husband being consumed by by the house and then he sends uh, a picture with like the structural damage like with the crack visible you send it off coach doesn't write back to you right away you find yourself on the opening the bottom the steps from the bottom door to like the ground floor of this place. And when you're out there, you, you've been, uh, it's been about maybe 30 minutes since you left the old women's apartment. You get to the ground floor and you see Gertrude on the ground floor and she's, she's panicked. Oh, you there, nice boy. Yes, how can I help you? M- M- Miriam, she's, uh, she's, she's gone, she's disappeared. I, I can't find her in the apartment. I, I need you to help me find her. Okay, where did she go? I I came from the bathroom and she's gone. She's she's in the apartment somewhere. I can't find her. Would you please help me help me find her? Nice young man, nice boy. Uh yes, I just I just want to make one phone call. Why don't you take a look through our growing catalogue of one-shot scenarios to find out about Chronicles of Darkness, Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, 13th Age, Eclipse Phase, Rogue Trader, Slasher Flick and probably even more.